Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your butts. <laughs> I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad uh, About Movies. You sound insane. You like that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Brian Gill, what is the movie of the week this week? This week, we're discussing Jurassic World, the biggest movie in the history of ever. Is it really the biggest movie? Is I has, mean, is biggest a... opening weekend of all time. Okay, there you and go. And the biggest dinosaur of all time, I think. Probably, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Let's ask Obviously, you didn't stick around to the end of Transformers 4. Pretty impressive weekend that it had. I will not lie. No joke. Uh, I did not think that this movie would make this much money. $200 million, by the way, domestically. $209 million domestically this past weekend. Wow. I, I had to, I probably would have predicted 100 if you were going to, if I was a betting man, you know, type of deal. I would have predicted 100, but 200, no way. That's more than Avengers. The there was I didn't feel like there was that much hype. Like, there was hype, but it it wasn't 200 million yeah, plus million I'm, dollars hype I didn't i'm excited like, to talk about why why it happened but it is interesting the trackers that we usually watch box office mojo and and the like uh are usually keep track. pretty they yeah they're keep pretty track. close usually you know i mean there's always man i wish i could remember there was a movie earlier this year that did way more than they thought but way more was like 30 million dollars more on i want to say on monday it was tracking at like a hundred and twenty-five million dollars, and then every single time I wow. saw a tweet about it, it was, uh, "It's going to be one thirty-five. No, maybe it's going to be one fifty. And then it just kept rising and rising, and then you get to two hundred and whatever, two hundred eight million uh, domestically and five hundred and fifty worldwide. I mean, that's just that's on another level. I, I, I'm shocked by that number. Yeah, but when you get a star like Vinny Chase, you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that was my alpha week. We're we're still yeah. in entourage mode. Using I guess. The, yeah. <laughs> I'm confusing the actual universe and the entourage cinematic universe. But yeah, I was really surprised at the amount of just buzz in my own life that this movie had. Not that I thought it would be a bomb. Right. But I talked to, you know, thirty people over the last three weeks that were just like, Oh, I just can't wait for Jurassic World and it was wow. Because mm-hmm. we first started talking about this when that test footage came out. Right. Like A, the test footage looked bad, but also it was just kinda like, eh, really? Another Jurassic mm-hmm. Park? Okay, I get it. It's a fran- established franchise, right? I it'll it'll make its, you know, hundred and ten million opening weekend and fizzle, but I didn't expect anything like this. I guess it just boils down to people love dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean that's the moral of this yeah. whole Life finds a way, guys. Yeah, there it is. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I am excited to talk about this one tonight a lot. Not only that, do we get to talk Jurassic World, but we get to revisit Jurassic Park, which is always a fun thing right. to do. Mm-hmm. And we have done a Jurassic Park episode. And Jurassic Park 3. And JP3, I like to call it. Yeah, you're right, <laughs> Richard. We do have a Jurassic Park episode uh, that we recorded in 2013, I believe. One of our uh-huh. first mo- – in our first couple months – Yep, uh, April of that year, I believe. And that one can be found on the website. It's not on the iTunes anymore, but if you want to revisit our Jurassic Park thoughts, yeah. I uh, I put it out on the on their Facebook page and on our Twitter feed, and they both got a lot of likes and interest and comments and stuff like that. So there was Sweet. a there was a hunger for that episode, which is funny. 
because we did it two years ago, but yeah, we, it's probably terrible. But we uh, we went yeah. to the 3D screening, re-release screening of yeah. Jurassic Park, and great excuse to talk about Jurassic Park. Yeah, hey, it was awesome. it's in 3D. Let's go see it and talk about it. It was great in 3D. I was really impressed with uh, with it in 3D. How yeah. they can con- convert some of those movies to 3D has been pretty great. By the way, saw Jurassic World in 3D. First 3D movie I'd seen since Guardians. So yeah. I've been on a pretty long streak of not going to the 3D unless it really called for it. I just wanted to try out uh, Jurassic sure. World in 3D, and I'm excited to talk about it. With I guys. honestly can't tell you yeah. the last movie I saw in 3D. It might have been Jurassic Park in over two years ago. Really? Mine was yeah. mine was uh, Spectacular Now. <laughs> <laughs> it can only be experienced in yeah. true 1080p 3D. Well, you could... Yeah. You can see the performance of that cup, yeah. you know, you at all the angles, 360 almost, degrees of almost nuance. smell the vodka. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking Jurassic World tonight with a great listener, Aaron Matson, who will be joining us here shortly. We don't know if he's great yet. I mean, let's be fair. Well, we know he's a great listener. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. Uh, we don't know if he's yeah, a great Yeah, he did podcast. donate money to the show. Yes. Yeah. And uh, if you donate in, a, in an ordinate, insane, un constitutional amount of money to the show we'll let you on here <laughs> and uh we've done that but we're excited this is our first one we have a few more of these planned this year of listeners coming on yeah. and talking about a favorite movie of theirs and, and and aaron picked uh jurassic world so he'll be on later but we have a lot of listener news and updates to talk about yeah, fellas big time this might be the biggest listener update of all time listeners so yeah. Get get angry if you haven't submitted your stuff yet because this might be the last time we ever do a, a listener <laughs> extravaganza like this. And get get through some of these emails that have been stacking up. I know we haven't addressed many of them on the show in the past few weeks. That's our fault. Uh, summer movie season's crazy. So much to talk about. So little well, time. And we're to getting it. tons of feedback too, seriously. Yeah, and there's too much stuff to sift through. Let's be real. Yeah, well, it's tough to read them all in the air. We don't want 17 hours of just – Talking about how awesome we are. I mean, we do, but it would be a fun podcast. That's all you did was you had a podcast (laughs) in which people wrote into and then you read their emails on on the air. It's basically Dear Abby, but podcast form. Yeah, but we gave no advice. It was just for people that wanted a really good letter. Really good letter that that was John. Thanks for sending that in. (laughs) Our next letter comes from Phil, and (laughs) just don't acknowledge anything they said at all. I love this this idea. This is great. great really idea. love the show, guys. I listen on my way to work. Really enjoy the letters. Well, thanks, Phil. <laughs> Our next letter. I want to shout out a big shout out to a particular listener. And I don't know if if you've been listening to the show for a while, you might have remembered a challenge I gave. Uh, I don't know when this challenge was given. Uh, sometime in the past couple months, uh, to where I needed to give the challenge to the listener. Uh, basically, we had an episode where we argued. We got off topic and we're arguing. I wonder what we've mentioned more on the show: Star Wars or Now You See Me. It was just a mind-boggling thing to think about for <laughs> for the hosts because it's so it's it's incalculable in our opinion. Uh, we talked about both of them so many times, and uh, and so I gave the challenge to the listener. I said, if if you'll go back and and tally it, if you're willing to do that, we're willing to uh, give you some recognition on the show and. Uh, so lo and behold, a great listener, uh, Ariel, shout out, Ariel, uh, Ariel, sent us out of the blue, by the way, a great, great listener. And he, you know, submits great thoughts and we've been conversing with him for a while on social media and things like that. 
But right out of the blue, he sends this uh, Excel spreadsheet to us. And uh, <laughs> let's just say he, he did quite the, uh, the tally job on this, on this spreadsheet. I am, my mind is blown. First of all, he, he goes through every single episode. That's a feat in itself right there, listening to every episode. Yeah. I don't think I've even done that. Especially I've been on the early every episode. Ones. Especially <laughs> the early ones. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that any, someone would even listen to uh, 100-plus episodes of the show, <laughs> uh, let alone tally all this. So he started episode one, and he tallied Star Wars, and now you see me mentions for every episode. <laughs> he tallies MacGruber mentions for every episode, and he also tallies whether or not we did movie news in that uh, particular episode. So just some, some overall thoughts on this spreadsheet. And I'm going to put this on the website somewhere, maybe under updates or something to where the listeners can come check out this spreadsheet, add to it or whatever, keep the tally going. But it's a crazy piece of uh, information that he sent us here. And just some overall observations I want to say before maybe y'all can give your, your thoughts on, on this work that Ariel's done here is we definitely don't do enough movie news. I've seen that on the tally. We need yeah. to do more of that. I thought we did it a lot more than we actually do it, uh, but that's our bad. Uh, sometimes, you know, so, the movie. So, takes what over. movie news do we have this week? Oh wait, none again. We have okay. none. Well, we have none. Well, <laughs> okay, we'll start. We'll get better starting next week. Yeah, none. Uh, none that have to be talked about right <laughs> now. But another interesting thing: first episode we ever did, we mentioned Star Wars ten times. So, and MacGruber once. Didn't leave MacGruber out of the first <laughs> podcast. That would feel we weird. Good. You set you the tone. We also mentioned Star Wars 22 times in the Wolverine episode. <laughs> uh, 20 times in our Ron Howard Rush uh, episode. So natural. Yeah. I think the most uh, we've mentioned Star Wars is Inside Lewin Davis with 30 mentions of Star Wars. <laughs> Oscar Isaac. Thanks and uh, the trailer reactions episode. <laughs> Uh, the Force Awakens trailer reaction episode, 59 mentions of Star Wars. That's pretty freaking impressive in its own right. But uh, 26 Now You See Me mentions in our Kick-Ass 2 podcast. So obviously Kick-Ass 2 was a great piece of work. <laughs> we got off on that tangent. And, uh, man, this is just absolutely mind-blowing, Ariel. And, and you're the man. So, you're by the, the way, man. total so cool. tally, total tally. Drum roll, please. We mentioned Star Wars 657 times, and we've mentioned Now You See Me 381 times. So, Got some wow. catching up to do. And that, that's up to date as of last week. So, uh, so what are we going to do when those two universes cross over? <laughs> hopefully, inevitably, hopefully, that... They do have. What you know, if that's Mark Ruffalo's secret? He's a Jedi. That's how he can do all that <laughs> magic. If, That'd be cool. Well, J. Daniel Atlas does sound kind of like a Jedi name. <laughs> I mean, it sounds otherworldly. I hate that you know that. J. Daniel I hate that Atlas. You know that. <laughs> so great. So, so yes, but thank you, Ariel. You are uh, you are the man. You rule so hard. Do we have any other emails to go over, Richard? Any other that we've bookmarked? Some I've got an email here from a Connor Finnerty. Okay. Uh, so I would like to ask you two these two questions. He's from Clifton Park, New York. Hey, guys. I love the show. Two things. One, if you had to choose between watching Jupiter Ascending, Draft Day, and Now You See Me, <laughs> which one would you pick? In this scenario, you would have to pick one 
one or Ivan Reitman and the Wachowskis team up to make Avengers 3 and Star Wars Episode 9. <laughs> Number two, I have a recommendation for an American treasure, Warren Michaels. He created a comedy institution that has created countless stars, including American treasure Bill Murray, and has been a crucial part of comedy in our culture for four decades. He would be a, he'd be a fitting addition to the North American treasures because Mr. Michaels is from uh, our dear inferior neighbors to the north yes uh so kent what if you had to watch jupiter you had to sit down you're on an airplane and nothing else is working and right. you have to right. watch either jupiter ascending draft day or now you see me which one would you pick? <laughs> or let's just say in what order would you watch them oh wow what order so i don't ha- think the order have- matters but i'll tell you not order but which one like wh- how do they rank in terms of which i would ones watch you now watch? you see me first just because i haven't okay. seen it since that that one experience Some, that, that I fateful day since I, that I remember so well, that's just Im- embedded into my mind. I would probably do. I can't watch Jupiter Ascending ever again. Never, ever <laughs> again. Draft day. I know what'll happen eventually, and I'll hate that. I'll, I can't wait to talk about it. That we get what about we, guys. Let's be real. We we might get more comments about draft day than we do now. You see me. Can't see Jupiter Ascending again. I would probably order would probably go now. You see me. Draft day. Jupiter. What about you, Brian? I think I would go the same. Now You See Me is definitely, if I had to choose one of those to watch, I, I, could, I could watch Now You See Me again, not because it's good, but because I think it's, it's so bad that it's, that it's fun to watch uh, in some ways. And, and uh, I, we're going to have to rewatch it at some point, guys, because we, we, we have to do a commentary at some point. We've got to figure out how to do that. It's so, yeah. so popular. It's, it's what the fans demand. So we've got to do that. Uh, Jupiter Ascending is definitely the worst of those three movies, I think. But I think I might be able to watch it again before I can watch Draft Day. Draft Day made me angry, like just so, so mad throughout uh, the course of that that illustrious film. Uh, just because it's such such a wasted opportunity in a lot of ways. Jupiter Ascending is, I think I said when we did that episode, I wish I could pay for every single one of my friends to see Jupiter Ascending so that we could talk about it. It's so terrible. Uh, that it becomes almost comical. So I guess I'll go, now you see me, Jupiter Ascending Draft Day. We just got an email while we were on the show, actually, that I want to mention. It's from Drew Carter from Mississippi. Just wanted to say how much I've enjoyed your show, which is fueled by y'all's sarcasm and delightful hatred of now you see me. (laughs) (laughs) Delightful for you guys. Delightful hatred. That's a great way to put it, Drew. We appreciate that. It's the name of my uh, new metal band from the late '90s, by the way. <laughs> Delightful <laughs> hatred. Delightful hatred. You remember that when I was? In that I do. New metal I band do remember that. Years? That was kind of. <laughs> Thank you to our loyal listeners for writing in, uh, giving us the iTunes reviews too. We need to go over those at some point and donating. Yeah, Thank you so shout much. out to uh, Brendan Rhodes was the most recent big time donator. We really, yes. really appreciate it, dude. Big, big friend from down under, I believe. Absolutely, shout Good out. Day, we mate. have a great. Shout out. Great fan fandom. And then uh, Jeff Olson as well with a, a donation. Yeah. Um, a sizable donation. Brendan Rhodes, you said that one, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, B. Gilly. Yeah. And – which is – if people don't know, that's exclusively what I call Brian is B. Gilly. <laughs> Mark Crimmins. And I think that catches us up on people – yeah, Jossie, we talked about last time. So, yeah, so so thank you guys so much for your donation. It keeps the show afloat and, you know, paying for, you know, websites and servers and microphones when we need them and things like that. So uh, thank you guys so much. It's it's 
we're blown away at the amount of, of donations we've had and and uh, we we appreciate them. And if you feel, hey, break it down this way, and we we every little bit helps. I promise, make the show better. And you know, think about it this way: set a price on what every episode is worth to you for an hour, an hour and a half of entertainment, and you know, purchase three months worth of episodes. So if that's worth ten cents every time, then send us ten dollars or something like that. So really? uh, that's that's kind of the best way to look at it is per episode. You know, we do this out of the goodness. <laughs> of our own souls and uh we're happy to do it and we would totally do it for free but thanks to you guys we don't have to yep <laughs> hey and also we have a live show coming up uh by the time this episode airs it'll probably be the next day so thursday june 18th if you're in the dfw area we're going to be at the alamo draft house in richardson uh for a screening of jaws which is fantastic we're excited to record live and yeah we'd love to see some you guys so come out and visit us and Check us out. Come to our table and talk to us and all that stuff. We, we'd love to see you. Or just listen to the Jaws episode. That'd be great. Both. Do both. Do both. How about that? How about that? Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms, and there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Aaron Matson has joined us. Aaron, please say hello. Hi, everybody. How's it going? It's good to have you on tonight. Aaron uh, donated... To the show, we invited him on. He picked Jurassic World, so here we are, and uh, we're gonna run you through the ringer here, Aaron, a little bit. Yeah, I hope you don't no mind. Worries. No, um, not at all. We have a few questions that we ask all guests uh, that come on the show. I don't know if you've listened to any of our guest episodes, but some some of the most fun we've ever had is when we've had guests on the show. So I want to ask you first of all, Aaron, have you seen? Now you see me. <laughs> Yes, of, of course. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have, but yeah. Yeah. Did, did you was, see it? it was, oh, what was the context of this? Uh, was it a date? Did you see it after you heard the the podcast? Uh, what? How did this occur? So actually, I just uh, w- was literally sick one day and just threw it on um, on demand. It, it was on, okay. yeah, and it was it was God, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it. I wanted it to be better, but. Just, yeah. Well, we have a surprise for you because also in the studio is Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse, perfect. <laughs> no, yeah, we all know. loved your movie, Jesse. Uh, I don't know what. Yeah, that we love it. <laughs> this guy's a real jerk. We, we thought it was fantastic. What kind of uh, movies do you like? What what would what were what are some top movies for you? Uh, what would make the list for you? Uh, all time. All time. What did you grow all up time. watching? What were some oh. movies that were formative in your younger years? Like maybe Jurassic Park was or something. Uh, yeah, what well, what 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 would those movies be? 
yeah, Jurassic Park was a big one. I grew up on Kauai, so I grew up right. In, I my stepfather did all the uh, electrical work for the original set. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, oh, wow. so yeah, so as a kid, I got to. I actually went to the set, and it crushed all of my dreams because that, <laughs> like, it was just everything was hollow. Right on the back, it was all. <laughs> but anyway, it was it was cool nonetheless. And then you know they wrapped up the shoot there and then we got a horrible hurricane that <laughs> while they were doing it. So those, I don't know if you guys know that, but the footage of the, uh, you know, like the, they show the, in the first one, the boat and then like the waves crashing up against it. Uh, when yeah. That, right. that storm. Yeah. It actually was hurricane. A hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole, yeah, the whole cast was trapped there, but wow. far, as far as movies, uh, my number one favorite movie of all time, I don't know if it's considered cliche, but fight club probably oh wow I, yeah that's a cool that's a great movie yeah. you don't hear that one as a number one often you hear it on top tens i hear it on a lot of top tens uh yeah that why was... why fight club how was that one uh, uh yeah <laughs> it was just i think it was it was just a time i think when i was in college and i saw it and it kind of just kind of blew me away and a little bit of a again another connection because now i live in washington state and so uh that's where uh Chuck Palahniuk's actually from the Tri Cities, Washington. What are and some? So just kind of a, oh, okay. What are some movies you've liked in recent years? Like this, say this past year, were you a Boyhood fan or a Birdman? Fan? Uh, a Birdman, Birdman all the way. Yeah, Birdman and Whiplash actually. Yeah, I really like that a ton. Um, Good choices. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm ever since I was 12 years old, I've been a huge comic book nerd. So pretty much, cool. I've devoured every comic book movie made. What's your? Are you a DC or Marvel guy then? Mar uh, Marvel, I would have to. Okay. I would have to say, yeah. And then this guy's totally not jacked. There's no <laughs> way this guy's jacked. <laughs> there, there's no way you're jacked. Yeah, yeah you would no, be a DC. No. Fan. Yeah, uh, I would be a DC fan for sure. Any <laughs> any, uh, yeah. any other questions for Aaron while he's still in the ringer, fellas? Uh, what's your What's your thoughts on the movie Draft Day? Have you seen that? Are you Are you a big fan? <laughs> you know, what, no. You know, it's really funny. Is on uh, what is it HBO Now or whatever that came out. It, uh, like, as soon as I I never even heard of the movie, and then uh, I heard you guys make fun of it, and it just lo and behold popped up on there. So I just haven't. You watched need to it. watch it. You, need to, you, uh, you, need you don't. It. You don't need to watch it's it. But you know, yeah, you know. <laughs> Everyone needs to watch it. Great. Well, uh, excited to talk Jurassic World with you. So I guess we can jump right into our Jurassic World talk here. Uh, where should we begin? Where should should we start out? Maybe getting Aaron's thoughts on the the weekend that it had, since we kind of already talked sure. about that. You know, Aaron, it made a lot of a lot of money. Does that surprise you at all? You know, not particularly. Just the way the, the I guess the only thing that really surprised me is that the other t like the the uh, number two and number three were just so terrible mm -hmm. right. that I figured like people might have stayed away. But then on the other hand, it's there is such a huge cult following because of the first one being so good. Yeah, you know, and then we can't really touch Chris Pratt right now, and so he, uh, I've it's kind of a joke amongst my friends that I have a man crush on Chris Pratt. There's actually a life size uh, cardboard cutout of him. One of my buddies got me for Christmas. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, is it yeah. uh, Parks and Rec Chris Pratt or is it uh, Guardians it's, of the Galaxy? It's Chris Pratt? it's Star it's Star Lord. Okay, there you go. Nice. But he's naked, it's creepy. So you keep it in your bed, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. Ryan's calling you a nerd while he looks over at his Chewbacca shelf. Like. <laughs> I want to go initial thoughts, initial impressions first. Let's stay, save spoilery stuff 
for a little bit later on here. Uh, so let's start with Brian. Brian, yeah. initial thoughts on Jurassic World. We, we've touched on the sequels. Jurassic Park is one of my I, – I, I should have gone back and tracked it. It's either number four or five favorite movie of all time. When we did our, our 100th episode with our top ten uh, favorite films of all time, that was, uh, that was high up there. I love Jurassic Park, and it is it still stands as one of the two or three best uh, moments I've ever had in, in a theater. It's just such a – it's such a memorable experience and, and something that uh, I'll – like I said, I just don't think I'll ever forget it. It's such – it's so ingrained in my brain and has – I think is a big part – Star Wars is the number one reason why I'm a huge movie fan. But I think Jurassic Park honestly might be the second biggest reason. I Jura- love the book. Jurassic Park number five on your list, Brian. Okay. Top five. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I knew it was four or five. I couldn't remember yeah. exactly where. but. Uh, huge, huge part, huge influence on me. I love that book as a kid. I read it many times and I, I've read it recently, I don't know, three or four years ago and it still, uh, works pretty well. I think, um, the sequels were bad. I, I think Lost World could have been a good movie if it had been made at a different time. I just think, um, we were so <laughs> we were so gung ho on environmentalism at that time when it was made. Not that we're not now. Obviously, being green and uh, climate change and global warming and all that stuff is still a huge impact on us every day and all that kind of thing. But for whatever reason, that just it seeped into like every movie that we made during that time period. And I think it would have been better served if it would have just kind of left out uh, some really preachy overtones that take away from any enjoyment you might have been able to have from that movie Jurassic Park 3 is just a total cash in it's it's bad it makes no it it doesn't have a place within the uh the spectrum or the universe I guess if you want to call it that um sorry walk off home run distracted me uh so that left such a bad taste in my mouth and I think for a lot of people, it, it obviously killed the franchise for a long time, and and rightly so. Uh, for Jurassic World, I was very hesitant about the movie. We we saw that awful test footage. Uh, I don't even know yeah. how long ago was that, Kent. Like, that was uh, maybe a year ago. I think it was probably more. even further. Yeah, and, and it, the the test footage was basically pteranodons on a beach, like flying over a beach and just scooping up people and like ripping them apart in midair. And it was really, really off putting. I don't know if you can go out and still find that test footage, but yeah, just search Jurassic world test footage uh, on the Google and you will probably come across it. Yeah. Right. But yeah, horrible test footage. Uh, I think we were all really not sold by the trailers. Uh, There just was something off about it. It seemed like, it seemed like cash grab sequel stuff rather than make an actual good movie. So I was not I was not enthused about about this film at all. And as it got closer, I found myself more and more excited about it. And I don't know that it was excitement over the property so much as it was excitement over a true blockbuster because I love blockbusters and I don't feel like we've really had one. Avengers doesn't feel like a blockbuster to me. I don't know if y'all are on the same page as me with that, but it just, I don't know. It had a different feel to it. This movie, the more trailers I saw, the more product I saw, you know, with its, it seemed like every commercial had some kind of tie into Jurassic world for a while there. 
uh, it started to just have that feel of like summer fun popcorn type movie. And I love that type of thing. So I think I was more excited going in than I anticipated, than I thought I would have been. And I think it paid off for the most part. It's, I don't think this is a great movie and it certainly doesn't stack up against Jurassic Park, but, but nothing does. I mean, that's one of the, that's probably one of the three or four greatest true blockbuster films of all time. So uh, it's not fair to, to, to really put it in that category. And, but I, I, there's something to be said on that later on, but I think in its own right, it's, it's an, it's really enjoyable. It's dumb summer fun. There's a lot of stuff that, that could have been worked out better in my opinion and, and probably should have been. But, uh, but overall, I don't know that you can totally go wrong with this kind of movie. It's, it's a, it was a fun ride and it hit the mark pretty much exactly what, what you would want in a blockbuster, even if it wasn't uh, quite as smart nor as <sighs> tight, I guess, as, as what, what it could have been, perhaps, given, given its legacy of what it's coming from. Richard? Yeah, so uh, Aaron, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you, my friend? I'm 35. You're 35. Okay, so you're yeah. 35, and, and Brian, you're like, what, 33, 32, 32 39? 32. Yeah. 32, but okay. I act 47, so. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, With I'm the body 28 going on yeah. <laughs> 94, yeah, same. <laughs> so uh, so we all have different kind of hit this. I think this movie came out when I was like six or seven, maybe-ish. Yeah, I was 10. Ish. I was t- it was 93, Okay. So I was 10. Yeah, so I was six. I remember seeing it with this just this awful redhead kid that I just still to this day want to punch in the face. Named J, who names her kid JB? You know, um, <laughs> JB Smooth. It, <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, that's right, Leon himself. Um, no, I saw it and had didn't somehow like missed. I don't know. Things happen weird when you're a kid. I like missed the entire marketing campaign. Didn't know anything wow. about it. So went in to- totally blind. Uh, this kid was super into dinosaurs. I didn't care about dinosaurs at all going into the film. And then was just totally blown away. It's one of my favorite uh, movie experiences ever. If you can ever go into something totally dark that's so game-changing like that, it's such a unique uh, and fun experience. And uh, it's a movie I love. Uh, I never saw Jurassic Park 3 now that I think about it. If I did, it was that forgettable. I know I saw Lost World in the theaters as a kid, but I don't think I ever saw the third one. So uh, my loss, I suppose. But... Uh, <laughs> So this, yeah, Brian, very similar experience to you. Found myself not being super psyched for it. Um, I had kind of thought that you'd done everything you could have done with with, with dinosaurs. So I, I wasn't super psyched. Test footage wasn't encouraging. Early trailers weren't encouraging. Uh, and then we went and saw it. And same thing. I started just kind of feeling not so much the product placement and stuff you're talking about, which is dead on, Brian. I just didn't – it never occurred to me. But just the, uh, just the amount of hype just in my own personal circle of people – like asking yeah. people that know I do the show, like asking me all uh-huh. about it, really want to know about it. Everyone from, from, uh, you know, the, the 13 year old, uh, girls I hang out with to, uh, <laughs> no, but like from young and old, like, you know, 60 year old people and, and younger, you know, people my age and younger and, uh, everyone wanting to know what, how, if this would be good and stuff. So, and it was good. I, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, it's a little, Iron Man 3-ish at the end where they just start throwing yes. kind of stuff at yeah. you, uh, which is more of a complaint of the modern blockbuster right. than a complaint about Jurassic World. But it definitely falls into that kind of trap where 
you've put in so much stuff in the first and second acts and you want to top it in the third act. So let's just kind of, uh, you know, a cacophony of, of nonsense just flying at you, which right. is really thrilling for four minutes. And then for me, at least, and this might just be old man Barton, but I eventually I just start, I just want to leave. I'm looking at my watch, even though I'm enjoying it. Right. So that, that's kind of my, my general thoughts. We'll talk about it a little more as we get in, but yes, a good, a very good, perfectly capable, uh, summer blockbuster. If this ends up being the highest grossing film of all time, that will be weird. Sure. But uh, it'll be the highest grossing film for about uh, another five months. Until, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Until Star right. Wars destroys the universe. No, right. no pun intended. It's going to be Star Wars is going to be the biggest movie ever for sure. Then uh, Force Awakens. That's, I think so, too. For sure. Like, there's no if if i could bet my life savings on it right now i would do it if it meant uh i'll take it i mean i could probably book that bet for you no <laughs> if there was there were bets to be placed i would place them uh aaron uh, jurassic world thoughts yeah i'm you know coming from the exact opposite stance of richard you know like i said what almost a year and a half before the movie came out you know, I was standing on the middle of the set so there wasn't really anything <laughs> surprising me and i was only 11 years old when I was on the set. So when it came out, I was 13. But that being said, you know, there's something interesting about seeing uh, a fictitious world with dinosaurs. And you're like, that's right by my house, you know? Yeah. Like said, so to that's see that awesome, aspect man. of it. Yeah. It's actually, it's actually gave me a different perspective on it. Also my, you know, the Kauai is only 65,000 people and they did, uh, they did, uh, the other than the Hollywood premiere, they did the other one on our little podunk two screen uh, at the time two screen movie wow. theater. Yeah, so that was okay. kind of cool. Yeah, um, you know the in the first one the the scene where um, uh, I can't remember his name, but Newman basically where he's <laughs> yeah, trying to yeah. yeah where he's where he's getting the, uh, Dennis, the shaving cream. Dennis is the guy's name. Yeah, yeah. Dennis. Dennis. Yeah, yeah. When he's getting uh, the shaving cream canister. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, like Dotson. I'm. We've got dots in yeah, here. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like my where I uh, my high school swimming pool that I practice in was like fifty feet away. You know, uh-huh. it's, a, so it's yeah, yeah. So when I went and saw the movie when I was thirteen, it was it, like it captured wonder. I guess you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. this is, and we've never seen CG like this before either. Yeah, you yeah. know, and. Uh, um, so with Jurassic World, I actually thought kind of impressive that to me this one captured that wonder again, kind of. I would agree with Whereas, that. Yeah. yeah, which the other two didn't at all. Like the middle two didn't didn't do anything for me when it came to that aspect of it. No, no and I, yeah, and I don't know if that um, I don't know if that came from scope. Like that's one thing I noticed about this movie was scope. Like they did a lot of um, just. You're you're seeing the entire park, like huge, wide, you know, visuals of everything, and I was like, oh, that's really neat. Yeah. And and then it goes and uh, you know turns into a monster movie yes. when you're getting sh- you're getting shots of being on the ground on their level, looking at things coming at you, you know. And so that I I, I mean yeah, like like there's definitely some. Uh, some flaws that I definitely saw in it, but you know, overall, I thought it. I thought it did. I almost think it without it without the movie running too long. It almost did about a good a job as the, as it could have. I guess. Sure. 
Absolutely. Okay. Kent, what about you? Did we get two thoughts? No, I just talked forever. Sorry. Here okay. comes. Uh, <laughs> here comes the bearer of bad news. I hate to, uh, <laughs> hate to be negative, Nancy. Here, guys, but you've given me no option. Uh, no. Um, you know what? I enjoyed myself uh, while watching this film. I don't agree, Brian, with the statement of it can't be compared to Jurassic Park. Because well, nothing can. Because to, yeah, it can. Because yeah, to, it's the same. Quit, it's like, trying I'm to be. I'm going to do the same. It, it exists in that same world. So it's a. It's natural trying to comparison. be Jurassic Park in the most like right. blatant. We're going to mention Jurassic Park ten times in the movie uh, kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only comparison I can make. And so, of course, it doesn't stand up to the test. Uh, even twenty years later, or whatever, twenty one, twenty two years later, doesn't stand up to the Jurassic Park test. And. Very few sci-fi movies ever will. You're right. Um, but it's hard to top that. And anything that's not Jurassic Park 3, I think people are are excited about. You know, <laughs> uh, just like I, I can guarantee you that The Force Awakens will be more well-received. It'll get better critic. Critics will like it better just because it's not the prequels. You know, right. it's like finally we're done with those. This is something new. This is something different. And it wasn't terrible, so it's going to – you know, it's going to be uh, the highest grossing film of all time, literally. So it, this it's just mind-blowing what happened with this movie. I don't know if it, the movie justifies the $200 million in my eyes. Like, it, it's not like this is setting the world ablaze with reinventing the the world of blockbuster cinema. Like, like say, Star Wars or Jurassic Park did in those, you know, those days. You know what I mean? Like, when you hear, yeah. when you hear like, Avatar is the highest grossing film of all time, you're like, oh, well, okay, well, it's revolutionized, you know, 3D movies, you know, uh, pre-visualization and motion capture and, like, all this stuff. And uh, Jurassic World just feels so ordinary to me. Uh, but it's just, I guess, the nostalgia. This is the first one that parents can can take their kids to. It's a, when I was your age, boy, I saw Jurassic Park in the theater. Mm-hmm. Let's go. You know, Jurassic Park. Who's 20, our age that talks like that? Jurassic Park. <laughs> Not your age. <laughs> but they're... Jurassic Park 3 came out where like what 4 years later after 5 years later after the original Jurassic Park? No, it was much longer than no, that. No, it was like it was nine- 12 years or so cuz I was in I was in I was a senior in high school. It was like 2001, I think. Yeah. Well, the Lost World? Well, no, oh, Jurassic yeah. Park 3. Jurassic Park 3 was 2000. I could have sworn it was, it was like, like 99 years. or 2000 anyway. 2001. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, anyway, I mean it was too close to the original. It wasn't even 10 years after the original uh, yeah. that that the third one, I mean, came out. So this is the first one that's officially kind of detached itself from the the original three. Sure. And uh, I guess that's that's sort of why they they dubbed it Jurassic World and not Jurassic Park Four, which was the working title for, I guess, thirteen years since uh, Jurassic Park Three was out of theaters and that whole campaign was over. So this has been in the works for a long time. Yeah. And uh, you know, this is. This is going to be a tough one for me to recommend, uh, but it has some fun sequences. I will admit that. There are parts of it that's well done, but the parts that we don't care about, the audience that they know we won't care about, they didn't even try on. And that's fine, and we'll go into specifics on those later. But for me, this is just a fun uh, theater experience for me. This is this is not going to be like a top ten of the year on my list or anything. Same. Yeah. This is just a fun night out at the movies. And it, it's fun to see the – I guess we're in the peak rise, uh, the top of the mountain of the Chris Pratt mountain right now. I mean he'll Jeez. never be as big as he is right right this moment. Like these 
this week, you know, <laughs> after the Jurassic World opens to what it did. He signed on for multiple sequels, by the way, of this. So, I mean, I got to the point, guys, and this is sort of where my criticism comes. Like, it got to the point where I was watching this where it was like, I never want to see another Jurassic Park movie. Like, I just <laughs> – they've done – like, they're, they, they just feel so recycled. A lot of the scares, a lot of it has just felt so recycled, and – this one just didn't leave much to the imagination to me just because we saw so much in the trailers. The ad campaign was everywhere. So, uh, I mean, it just feels recycled in, in a lot of ways, but it feels fresh too. So I'm excited to talk about that. But let's get into specifics here. Brian, uh, some, some dislikes, I guess, will go first uh, on your end. Yeah, the script, the script really could have used some tightening. Uh, it, it definitely – it falls into some cliches. You're, you're right, Ken. I mean, it early on, I thought, I thought I was really going to hate it early on. I think it got better as it went for sure. But, uh, it felt to me less magical and more desperate to be magical early, early in the process. And, and, and I think after some time of adjustment, after it kind of found its stride, it got better in those areas, but it definitely struggles trying to find the right balance between homage to Jurassic park and, knockoff of Jurassic Park if that makes sense and uh, I, th- I thought that mostly showed in in some of the scripting and uh, the pacing of the movie was pretty good I, I, I think Colin Trevorrow is, is a pretty good director I really like Safety Not Guaranteed a lot and I think he's got uh, a bright future ahead of him um, I don't know though that he did just a fantastic job of, of leading this one it it gets real heavy on the horror elements but then it's also kind of not scary and so i don't think it's the pacing i think it's the tone it's just yeah, the, the tone yeah, is a, just kind of yeah. i think you're right yeah it, it's just it's too cable televisiony or yes, something it, it just doesn't feel definite sci-fi channel yes oh exactly uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and and i think that that look i would guess that that some of that comes down to you have kind of an indie director who maybe has different sensibilities than what a studio wants from their mega bajillion dollar highest grossing movie of all time. And I think that that that's usually what, what happens when you, those two are not at odds by any means. Cause it seemed like from everything that I've heard, Colin Trevorrow was, was easy to, was fun to, was fine to work with and that he enjoyed his time on the set, but he's also said that he doesn't want to do any more sequels. So uh, I, I would guess that there was an, an element of, uh, a debate or infighting, and I think that that plays itself out in the tone. Um, there was nothing in this movie that is going to that I am going to really and truly remember in ten years, let alone twenty three years. Whereas, yeah, yeah, again, look, look, I was ten when I saw it. It's it's it was something that I'd look forward to for for literally two years before I saw Jurassic Park. It's not fair, but Jurassic Park has probably five or ten different moments that are iconic, you know, and that will stick with me for the rest of my life. And I don't know that this movie has even one that kind of comes close to that. And and I think part of that is due to, well, is it a blockbuster? Is it a horror movie? What are what are we doing here? And and because of that, I don't know that it ever quite finds the as you said, can't quite finds the right tone. I don't know that yeah. these are small complaints. There's definitely some some bigger issues there, but I do think that the 
the just overall enjoyability of the film kind of supersedes these these flaws and these issues for the most part. You're right. It's not a top 10 movie for me. Ever. Like, there's no chance this will be in my top 10 list or anything like that or anywhere close, really. But I kind of expected this was going to be like a C or C plus kind of movie. And, it, and it's not. It's better than that. And that's in some ways like that's an achievement in and of itself. Yeah, I wonder how much of my love for it has to do with the fact that Chris Pratt was the leading man. Absolutely. They, they did a great uh, job casting on that, on that part. I mean, he, I'm trying to think of if, if the leading man was, wasn't Chris Pratt, if it was Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a great example. Cause that, that would have, if Jurassic world got made in 2010, Ryan Reynolds is the lead. There's no question. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if this was any run, other run of the mill leading man, I, I think Chris Greg Pratt can PA. get us. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian Grenier, yeah. yeah. I mean, Chris Pratt can get us through anything and yeah. uh, now it seems like. And he's he's risen to a level. He'll he'll get any mo- movie he wants for the next least foreseeable future, but he's he's booked himself into some Guardians and Jurassic Park movies for the next 10 years. So, that those are some good dislikes. I want to talk more about the script here in a little bit, but Richard, what are some dislikes on Mine your Mine is it's very simple. Mine's just that that there are some very cringy parts of the script. Mm-hmm. Um, the horror parts, I don't know. I, I felt like they, those were kind of lost worldy because lost world had that a little bit too. Yes. Kind of just that over the over kind of darkish vibe that this would go into for no apparent reason. That mm-hmm. Jurassic park just, I mean, Spielberg just navigated that line just so gracefully. And that's why right. he is who he is. Yep. Um, yeah, no, the script is a little bit, you can tell, I'll put this the best way I can describe it, and I'll just move on. You could tell this was in development for 13, 14 years. Yeah. Total. That's a it just feels point. like parts of a bunch of different scripts, some of which are decent, and yep. some of which are not. You know what it reminded me a lot of? And I want to get Aaron's thoughts as well. I'm sorry, Aaron, we're just dominating. But, uh, <laughs> but guess whose show it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when your name's on iTunes and you can do what you want. No, um, <laughs> it reminded me a lot of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. On Yes, that, I was going to make that comparison as yeah, well. That it feels like it's setting up for future movies that could be good. Exactly. Like, and, this and isn't good, but but like right. eventually this could be good, you yeah. know, type and, of thing. And simultaneously yeah. trying to do horror and blockbuster sci-fi. And I, I didn't – I think I was way lower on Rise of the Planet of the Apes than I think the average fanboy critic was. Uh, we weren't doing a show at the time, but, I, you know, that was like a B-minus movie. I think Jurassic Park's a little bit better than that – or Jurassic World, excuse me, is is a little bit better than Rise of the Planet of the Apes, but they're very similar in their – scripting and tone and ideals i think sure aaron dislikes any my biggest thing is your the other sequels regardless of them being awful they came in with characters from the first one where this one they really didn't and so there was in my opinion zero like any sort of character development at all and uh yeah and so that kind of bugged me especially and almost especially with uh, with Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt, like the yeah. two main stars, you didn't really know anything about their past except they like went out on a date once. Yeah, sure. you know, and Bryce like, Dallas Howard was a really poorly written character. Chris Pratt yeah. probably was too, but he's so he's so Harrison Fordy that you can get right. away with it. get away with it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like 
Yeah. They didn't pick – I don't think that they uh, they should have picked a little bit better. Are they going to write it for Star-Lord or are they going to write it for you know his character Justin in Zero Dark Thirty? You know, he yeah. did play a Navy SEAL once. Like they should have picked one rather yeah. than – like some of his point. Chris Pratt jokes kind of just fell short, I guess. I don't know how to yes. explain it. Yeah, the no, I agree with you. It felt a little bit like he <laughs> – Maybe he was doing his Chris Pratt bits, and they were like, nope, that's not in the script, yeah. you know? <laughs> right, right, right. I've seen it mentioned that Chris, Chris Pratt's character might be the little kid that Alan Grant scars at the uh, with the oh. Velociraptor claw uh. in the first Jurassic Park, you know? <laughs> yeah. The kid that he creeps out mm-hmm. and, like, spill, tells him his totally. guts are going to spill everywhere. And so that's the reason that uh, Chris Pratt became like a velociraptor savant. Like he so, became obsessed uh, with <laughs> raptor culture after after that. And that's just a, a, a rumor or something. And I've been there. But, I mean, McGrady, Vince, I mean, all the way down to their current squad. I'm very it, it obsessed with raptor why, culture. It, Drake. Yep. It, it could be why they uh, they didn't give much of Chris Pratt's background in the movie or Owen, his character's name is background yeah. in the movie. Cause in, in the next film, we're going to find out Gosh. this, this crazy man named Alan Grant <laughs> put a raptor claw to my stomach when I was a child and all this, have this huge monologue, by the way, a, another Jurassic park sequel who hasn't used the canister from the original Jurassic park movie. Oh uh, yeah. As you're a springboard. right. right. That, I mean, yeah. you're right. But I mean, such an easy thing to, to to jumpstart a sequel, you you do the opening sequence uh, with people digging on the island and they find the canister. Still waiting for that. I thought it was going to happen in Jurassic World. Yeah, it didn't. Let's talk about some of the secondary characters here. I really disliked the nephews of Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Uh, Any time that cut away to them, a huge eye roll for me, and I zoned out. So yeah, they were honestly a- pointless, and I wish. Yeah, they- and you know. I went back and thought about it and watched Jurassic Park. The only time we get uh, the the kids by themselves in the original is during the kitchen chase sequence yeah, with the, right. the raptors. I think Spielberg knew better than to just give kids dialogue and put them together on screen and hope that they can carry a movie. You know, anytime they cut away from dinosaur action or or Pratt and and it was the two kids, I yeah. I that was that didn't work for me at all. Such a disappointment too cuz I thought Ty Simpkins was great in Iron Man 3. Like I would have yeah, watched an entire movie of of him interacting with Robert Downey Jr. uh and then to see him do this uh not good guys, not good at all and his character I, there were times where I was like, are they trying to make him autistic or is he just weird <laughs> or what are we doing yeah. here and it it seemed like I think, Richard, your point was great of maybe at some point in one of the random scripts he was autistic or something because it, it was odd. It was His character development was A, bad, and B, uh, just didn't make any sense and very jumbled. Yeah, I, I, I don't uh, – I kept hoping they would be eaten by dinosaurs. I thought that's what it was leading to. <laughs> I honestly thought the same thing. I'm not kidding at one yeah. point. I was like, well, they want us to hate these kids because they're going to be eaten, and then they weren't that much. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the, like, with the secondary characters, I thought the whole, uh, little plot line of the divorce wasn't even, like, needed yeah. at all. Pointless. Yeah. Yeah. But the yeah, only thing. Here's I- what we don't need in any, Jura- any movie with Jurassic in the title <laughs> family drama. Drama, right. I'm you know, good. 
But it's funny because in the first one, Hammond doesn't show up at first or he's late because uh, he's yeah. dealing with a divorce or his like daughter's divorce or something like yeah, that. There's a reason Noah Baumbach doesn't make Jurassic Park films. <laughs> yeah. We're good. Hey, that's Colin so- Trevorrow does. And that's almost just as crazy if you would have said yeah. that a couple of years ago. True. Yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought uh, the as a secondary character, Jake Johnson was the strongest. He's oh, just, yeah, great. He's he's, he's, totally uh, great. he's great in everything though. It's yeah. I mean, good good to see Andy Buckley again, da- Mr. Uh, David Wallace of Dunder oh, Mifflin oh, yeah. fame. Yeah. <laughs> making an appearance here. All I can think whenever he shows up in any movie or TV show is uh is of the Suck It episode. That's yes. all I can think of. It's yeah. just Suck It. Uh, so there's a little inside baseball for office fans. Well, you you think that with most people. Let's that's true. I just yell at people <laughs> on the street. That's the first yeah. thought. Brian's super into late '90s wrestling, and he. Uh, <laughs> what did we work. think about the uh, some of the other secondary? B.D. Wong from the original film, maybe the only returning character here. I think so, John yeah. Hammond in a statue form. <laughs> we see, yeah. but uh, that that's really it. Uh, that was a good point earlier, Aaron, that the the others really borrowed a lot more from the other characters. This is kind right. of establishing mm-hmm. new characters for us to And enjoy. he did a good job. I mean, I thought he oh, did yeah, right he's, for his he character. Was, he was great in the first one, too. It was actually yeah. a, a very appropriate cameo or role for him. Yeah. So it was very believable that he could have been in that, the labs uh, all that time uh, co- cooking up dinosaurs. But there was some cheesy dialogue in this, guys. Oh, yeah. And yes. th- that... What I just said reminded me of Pratt's line in the movie. Depends on what kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab. <laughs> like, I don't know how you can... Oh, there was, yeah! <laughs> straight out of last week's movie, uh, Entourage. But, That's man, my new catchphrase on the podcast. But, like, was, <laughs> but like, it was like, it's like I said, it, it felt as if the studio knew it sucked but didn't care because they knew nobody was going to gonna care about the script they wanted to see dinosaurs mm-hmm. uh chasing humans and it worked for them uh yeah. what do we feel about uh the scale of this movie this movie's as a whole i guess uh jurassic park while set at a theme park mind you it was a theme park that wasn't open yet right and these were the first people to ever be there yeah, so it, only it like kept, eight people there. yeah it kept it secluded to just the small amount of crew that they had plus the uh, the hotel guests and mm-hmm. this was opened up of course to the entire world i mean this isn't these are thousands of people we're dealing with here i felt like it kind of took away some of the suspense for me yes the fact uh that there were thousands of lives at stake uh, you know something bad was going to happen and it didn't feel vintage horror to me it felt Campy horror to me. This movie had the tone of, uh, like I said, you said sci-fi drama. I mean, but it had campy uh, monster elements of like uh-huh. Sharknado, even yeah, absolutely. just things flying yeah. out of the sky at people and people getting eaten, uh, walking on down the sidewalk and getting thrown into another flying animal. And the, the genetic mutations part of it didn't help at all. Uh, I, I could have sworn they were going to throw out like a Triceratops. Pteranodon or something, you know, and the third act. And we were just, it was just going to get ludicrous with some of the Well, there there was supposed to be a uh, a Triceratops Stegosaurus uh, hybrid. And there's a, (laughs) there's actually, there's a toy of it because they, they cut it late. And uh, whatever company made, I guess Hasbro or something had already made the, uh, the dinosaurs for it. But yeah, they, they decided to cut that late in the process. 
Let's talk about some of these Easter eggs. There's so many Jurassic Park references in the film. thought we could talk about some of these. What, was, what were some of your favorite references to the first film or Easter eggs uh, that you noticed, uh, Aaron? Uh, I mean, obviously the catchphrase from, uh, you know, spare no expense. Mm-hmm. Spare you no know. expense. Yeah, that's got to be the one. And then obviously there's Jake and his T-shirt. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the more one of the more played up uh, references. I don't know how I felt about that. Uh, how did you guys feel about them referring to the original film as like a nine eleven like event? You know, like <laughs> don't you know don't you know what happened at Jurassic Park? Like uh, it felt like we should feel sorry about what happened, but then be excited that we get to really return not there. That much happened. Like pretty much everyone lived except for Newman. <laughs> right. Like yeah, really just lawyer. one fa- yeah, one fat guy and a lawyer died like, <laughs> eh, you know. Did you notice the reference to a green button when the kids are being sent to the island? First of all, first the, the first scene when they're being sent to the island, their parents are the way they're playing it, I just can't can't tell if they like do they want their kids to die or like they <laughs> Are they hoping they die? Like, I mean, what's going if on? you had those kids, wouldn't, wouldn't oh, exactly. you? I mean, they're pretty annoying. Exactly. But they, <laughs> if I knew my kids were going to a uh, island with man-eating animals on it, and I wasn't going with them, I'd be a little more nervous than, yeah. than they were. But they said, she said, like, when you see me calling, just press the big green button in the middle of yeah. the screen. A reference to the uh, push to close button, maybe, from the original film. Okay. Big green button. I don't know. Small Easter egg. A lot of a lot of repeated shots here. A lot of homages uh, to the first film, sure. As well, uh, chaos theory. There's one yeah. I wrote down when the drop of blood drops on the guy's right uh, on the guy's wrist, and then another drop falls, and it falls in a different direction. That's kind of sure. I guess that's what Ian Malcolm was talking about with Doctor Sattler when he was yeah. just yeah. flirting, basically. On with, the train, with, when they're riding the train, you can see somebody behind them is reading a book written by Doctor Malcolm. Okay, that's probably his book. Yeah, it's uh, I can't remember the title of it now, but something about it's it's called God Creates Dinosaurs. Yeah, Yeah, there it is. I remember that. We have uh, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville makes an appearance in Jurassic World. Yeah, there's a lot of like guys. Jurassic Park was great, but did they have a Jamba Juice and a Jimmy (laughs) Buffett's Margaritaville? Uh, No. And the superior, the Starbucks was loud and clear too. Yeah, she was yeah. like holding it for. Now, what happened here? I can almost guarantee is that they shot this film at like Universal City Walk, which is uh, a it's yeah, like yeah. at Universal Studios Florida. Mm-hmm. And like guys, we already own this. We don't have to build sets. Just come down here, right? You know, just trying to save some money. And uh, and they included all the. They didn't bother to cover up any of the. You guys want some loaded Coronas? I know you're running from those dinosaurs. But. <laughs> Exactly. They're running. They're like, grab the margaritas. Let's get out of here. Uh, what, else? what was unwind? They were all unwind relaxing, man. A little 30 rock humor in there for you. Nice. Nice. The, I found the, the whole uh, gyrosphere thing, uh, kind of an homage to the bubble cars that they kind of attempted in Jurassic Park with the Jeeps, with the bubble glass roofs. It's kind of just taking that to the next level, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little implausible that they would let you just drive it around it wherever you want, yeah. though. They kind of needed that <laughs> to happen for this plot to go the way it does. Otherwise, they had to 
it would have to create a way for the power to go out in the whole park and then the track to come unloose and for them to drive away, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, what kind of a theme park lets you drive? Yeah. Guess, Good luck. Here's a car. Good luck. <laughs> There's a T-Rex out there. Here's a bubble. You're going to want to watch out for the T-Rex, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch you're this 15-minute training video, and then you're, you're pretty much good. Yeah. Do you have a helmet? What did we think of the whole plot line of we had to create these people, these dinosaurs, stronger because the public wants to see bigger, badder dinosaurs? I think that was supposed uh, to be supposed satire, to be satirical, but, but uh, maybe not. What, so much. What, I mean, what world are they coming? I mean, we like any kind of dinosaurs, guys. We, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll pretty much watch anything that involves dinosaurs. We don't. I, I understand the satire there, but I didn't yeah. feel yeah. it was really necessarily uh, gr- rooted in anything real that right. comments on anything right now. Uh, but I, I well, see the, what they did there. It's, it's a great way to. Make people think more about uh, genetic mutation, I guess, if they're uh, splicing animals together. But what were we saying? Oh, it also does like point out that this this Jurassic World, this park has been open for a while now because Mm -hmm. they keep saying that they've had to do this multiple times to keep attendance up because people are getting bored. So that does allude that it's been around for a bit. So well, screw those people. Yeah. How can you go to Jurassic World? I know. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it's, these dinosaurs I think it's were supposed kind of to have sub- been open for like ten years at this point. point so. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Harry Potter World was better. <laughs> it did have butter beer. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I got a wand. <laughs> Let's get butter beer. I, I really, Richard. I really wish you could have been at Comic Con when <laughs> when Kent stumbled across a stack of Harry Potter wands and was trying to figure out what they were. It was <laughs> one of the ten greatest. I thought it was a Lord of the Rings something. Yeah, he was just like, "What? What is this?" Like he had the most confused look on his face. <laughs> and Gil just like, it's Mad Eye Moody's, you know. And, just, and Gil just walks up to, behind me and goes, "Put that down. You don't know what it is." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know like, oh, that. Okay, <laughs> uh, that was a. Listen to our Comic Con episode for more hilarious stories such as that. Uh, what did we think of Irfan Khan, kind of in the uh, Doctor Hammond role? I, I see where they're going with this. Yeah, uh, not near the uh, character actor that uh, oh. Sir Richard Attenborough. Well, and his was, whole bit uh, of I'm I'm, I'm going to fly the helicopter was just <laughs> the, was the, 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 when he be, yeah that was one be, of the low points. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> I'm the only one that can fly this thing. Yeah. Okay, freaking yeah, we have, Bill Pullman we have from Air Force One. 21,000 people on this <laughs> island and uh, and a huge staff. It makes billions and billions of dollars, but we do not have another helicopter pilot. That's the only one. Exactly. <laughs> and that's... Uh, got to cut costs somewhere. It's a new economy. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention the one that's like teaching him. That's like sitting nowhere to be found. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've learned everything I need to know. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, that's you now. That's on the DVD. I've got this. Yeah. What do we think of the music? How did the hell they use the original Jurassic Park music here? Uh, in the first one, they, they use it way too many times, in my opinion. Uh, the first one we see, you know. The the future of cinema has changed before our eyes as we see a brontosaurus on its hind legs as it reaches for a tree, and uh, the music swells and it it changed the face of cinema forever. And in Jurassic World, we get the same music cue to the view of a CGI theme park. <laughs> Have fun, kids! Thanks for coming. 
Yeah, it wasn't. I was <laughs> not very. I'm not very magical in my for me. Yeah, there. I was bummed out by the score because it it to me it didn't go far enough. Like in some ways, I was just like just 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 totally go with the Jurassic Park theme because that's one of the that's probably the second best score of all time to me besides Star Wars. So. Every time it would go into that familiar music, I'd be like, oh, yeah, here we go. And then they're like, no, we got to cut it short. We got to get out of here and get our original score in here. I, I just was like, just go one or the other, guys. Either completely make something else up or give me more of that score. We should get into spoiler stuff now. Uh, we spoiled a lot. I fully realize that. Apologies to the Dinosaurs happen. People. Dinosaurs just, happen and bad things happen and the end. Uh, we should get into spoilers, though, if we want to talk more about this. So spoilers coming up right now for Jurassic right World. Now. Right now. What did we think of uh, the Indominus Rex? What did we think of the ending sequence there? What did we think of the plot line with Vincent Ofrio trying to make weapons out of the raptors? Seems like another satirical thing that just didn't quite hit home. I mean, maybe there's like campaigns to like put... Some machine guns on a moose out there that I don't know about. I'm 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 hoping That's, it's a dir- I'm hoping it's a direct uh, into the sequel where they have to take the Raptors in to go fight ISIS and Owen meets up with <laughs> Justin from Zero Dark Thirty and it's it. basic and it's basically shot like double impact. This oh, feels. Yeah. <laughs> I would say machine guns mounted on moose. I believe is the entire Canadian Armed Forces. <laughs> it is, I think actually. that's all they've got. Yeah, it's actually a statement of fact. I mean, it feels like it's going into Dawn of the Planet of the Apes territory where absolutely yeah. the, the, the dinosaurs are out of control and they've taken over the earth. And, and you know, uh, Chris Pratt is our only means of survival. Uh, and it just feels like where it's going to go. Uh, I would have liked to see more of Vincent Ofrio's plot line, more of that story fleshed out here. Maybe it'll be in future films. More of the engine story. Yeah, probably engine, not more of engine as villain than Indominus Rex as villain. I would have preferred a little bit more of that, but we'll see that in future films, I'm sure. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's Claire, uh, great at running in heels. Notice yep. that uh, right off the bat, and she kept that going. So props to her. Uh, yeah, not sure. I agree. Not sure what I what they were going for with the romance. Uh, I'm sure we'll see that more in future films as well. And what else we got here? Spoilery. What kind of what kind of stuff can we talk about? Uh, that's not too spoilery, right here. There's one more thing I want to touch on, but any uh, other the any, reveal any on Indominus like? Rex was. I think they were trying hard to make that the big moment of the movie, and it it works about halfway, but it just doesn't quite get to the point of I think what you really what they really wanted us to feel at least uh it oh it worked, the, yeah not... where indominus rex is in the cage and they yeah 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 it, it wasn't it, it missed the mark slightly on the on the element of suspense and 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 thrill for me at least and for me like i was referring to a lot of that has to do with the trailer for me i'd seen this yeah. creature full flesh in the trailer and 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 there's not much of a build up there and they the finished film when I'm waiting to see him, I'm just, it's kind of looking at my clock. Like, well, we're 40 minutes into this and still no, uh, Indominus Rex or anything like that. So it, it man, my anticipation was kind of very lax for this. Do you think this. that there, there was like an homage to uh, predator and the fact that it could, you know, Oh, they didn't cloak they itself and, and didn't, didn't, um, didn't Chris Pratt cut like the coolant to like spray himself down. So he couldn't like see him. 
Yeah, that was actually really thermal. clever. That was actually yeah. a very clever sequence. But it was there. just it was just very predator. That, sure. It was very predator, and they I think they mentioned cuttlefish. Right. <laughs> they, yeah. They yeah. Like the a DNA tree frog or something. Some right. Angry yeah. tree frog or something. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, they could have just said, "Hey, man, we really liked Predator. Wanted to give him, <laughs> wanted to give him night vision and uh, and invisibility. Yeah. So we did. No dreadlocks, though. I would have bought it. Yeah. Predator was cool, guys. We can all can all agree there. Uh, yeah, you're right. Two governors gave us two governors. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Uh, never forget. All we need makes, is Danny Glover to. All we need is Danny Glover to run for office uh, and make Carl it a Weathers or Carl friend. Weathers. Yeah, yeah. One more thing I want to talk about. It's, it's sort of a reveal for me. The fact that they bring back the original T Rex. Yeah, who has somehow been that was cool. That was that, one of my was, yeah yeah. That was one of the cooler moments of the the film. Now the whole <laughs> the the tag team battle between uh, Indominus Rex versus. Uh, T-Rex and, and Velociraptor was the most sci-fi channel movie moment of the entire movie. Like that was, that was way over the top and, and fairly stupid to me, but I really enjoyed the reveal of T-Rex and, and that initial clash between the two of them, I guess. Any other, uh, likes really big fun moments for you, Aaron? Um, I, I actually, what not, I, like the part that surprised me more than anything was, you know, I thought the whole raptor whispering thing was going to be just like the worst, but mm-hmm. it actually was. They, I thought they actually did that rather well. I agree. You know, especially because they like, you know, it was never just like a dog. You know, it, yeah. it was. It was. They wanted to eat him more than once, so I thought that to me was like one of the coolest aspects of, you know. That so I actually did like that scene. I guess is what I'm saying when yeah. they are going after, uh, going after Indominus. Yeah, uh, Richard, yeah, yeah. Richard, in terms of last scenes, I'm sorry. Say in again, terms ask of the just question. last before we give grades here. Any fun things you really enjoyed? Anything you really hated that you haven't talked about? You know what? I'm going to touch on something I liked that uh, that Aaron actually brought up. I did love the the use of of wide scope scale on this. Mm-hmm. It really does add to. It makes this movie feel a lot bigger than the marketing campaigns uh, led it to be. And that last act, even as silly as it is, I thought was shot pretty well. Yeah. Um, and and well, shots a rough word because it's like ninety four percent computer animated. But you know what I mean. Set up pretty well. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah, I thought the gyroscope ride itself was a a great sequence, a great concept for yeah. the sequence. And it's my favorite moment of the film was that sequence, probably that or the one Brian mentioned earlier with the trapped in the cage part. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he pulls the coolant on himself, uh, Owen does. There are some fun, really exhilarating moments in here, but there's just too much non-dinosaur stuff that I don't care about <laughs> that, uh, I mean, Jurassic Park, it felt like they, they build up to the dinosaurs, but once there are dinosaurs, we don't give a rip about anything else that's happening. They don't cut back to a uh, kid looks flirtatiously at girls in line at Jurassic world, the, yeah. the park. I mean, the, the, the older brother kid just needed to stop that, yeah. that would, yeah. that whole him trying to get a girlfriend thing. And, no, no reason for that at all in this movie. Uh, yeah. So, and very I, annoying. 
one scene that I totally forgot about that I actually loved as gratuitous and over the top as it was was uh, when the 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 assistant chick dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like it's yeah. just so over the top. But Some of the de- this is gr- this is gruesome, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. My my sister was asking she like uh, if they, she could take our nephew to it who's like I think three. I was like, no, it's probably <laughs> no, going yeah. to destroy his view of dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, this is, and now I said that before I'd even seen the movie because I just knew what they were going for here. And it was because I'd seen that test footage. And, uh, I mean, they get pretty gruesome here. Some, don't, definitely the worst deaths we've seen in Jurassic Park, m- maybe ever. Uh, and, and it's on a mass scale. So that's, that's kind of a, something a little bit overlooked here. Uh, is the fact that they brought death to the masses with this <laughs> this last one. But uh, let's move on to grades, fellas. I have nothing left to say other than uh, a little too much uh, homage to Jurassic Park for me. Uh, doesn't know whether it wants to be an homage or be its own film. Mm-hmm. And it feels a lot, like you said, Brian, it feels a lot like just setting up for future films. So maybe this maybe this is like Batman Begins. You know, Batman Begins great, you know, fun starter, but the, when the Dark Knight came, that's when, you know, that's when the we knew it was for real. I mean, maybe the sequel will be something special if the, if, a, if a director comes along that uh has the right vision for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Spielberg yeah. at this I, point I, could return to the In Jurassic a lot Park. of ways, I think that's that's the biggest downfall of the film and it's not it's not Trevorrow's fault. It, it's just that there's a decisive lack of Spielberg in this movie, and, and that's, that's tough. It's tough to measure up to the greatest blockbuster director of all time, you know? And, and I, think, I think this movie could have used some Spielberg to really take it over the top, and it's just, you know, I'm just not going to get that. Not every movie can be directed by Spielberg as much as I might like it to be. Nope. Let's, let's hit grades, guys. Brian. Um, give me... Give me a just I'm just gonna go straight B, but I will say like it's a really enjoyable B. Like I will probably buy this movie on Blu-ray and I, I would I'd be happy to watch it again. It's it's a weird bit of like I feel like it's it's greater than the sum of its parts in some ways. Like there's not a moment that I'm ever gonna be like, Oh yeah, that that scene, that iconic scene from Jurassic World. But it's just this over overarching theme of of enjoyability and fun that I I think kind of sold me more than I more than I expected. Honestly, there aren't many blockbusters this summer that might top it. Uh, no, as far as like yeah. a fun just popcorn flick. This uh, has the right feel to it, if nothing else. Even if it's not a great, it's not a great blockbuster by any stretch of the imagination. But it does have the right feel in a lot of ways and i there's not enough of that right now and i i like that kind of movie like i said man they went for the masses here this is more yeah yeah this appeals more to a wider audience than i would have wanted more the lost world type out of this more dark more mysterious more ambiguous with the intentions of the dinosaurs than hey jurassic world the theme park has been successful for 10 years one of our rides has uh, shut down. I mean, it, it felt too too similar to Jurassic Park, but not different in its own in enough way. I, I just had a, a problem with the premise itself. Mm. And uh, if you're going to wait 12 years to make one of these, 
I think you should make the premise better. I think the premise in Jurassic Park 3 of the kid, you know, hang gliding or whatever, or a parasailing and getting lost in the island and then a rich family hiring people to go out there, way, way more believable or more interesting, in my opinion, as a plot line than Jurassic World's uh, Velociraptor savant slash uh, gene splicing of a, of a plot line. So my grade is going to be uh, lower than y'all's. I'm going to go uh, B minus. It's not Fair. C for me because I did enjoy uh, some of the bigger, more bombastic sequences in it. And uh, so that held my enjoyment. And, you know, Pratt was great. Bryce Dallas Howard is great, usually. Not a great character, but uh, she's lovely. Love her. Yeah, she did what she could with it, I think. And Sure. And so, uh, you know, all that being said, and by the way, we haven't even mentioned the the Jaws uh, dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. The one that actually yeah. saves the day, mm. so to speak. Yeah, that uh, was not – to me, that was one of the weaker moments I of the movie. I didn't like the Jaws dinosaur yeah. at all. I thought it, it – once again, gave it away in the trailer, but uh, I like how it ate great white sharks, so there's a Jaws homage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so Mr. Spielberg. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go B minus on this, uh, fellas. Uh, what's your grade, Aaron? Um, so just I'm going to throw the grade out first, but uh, I think I I really I I mean yeah like like what y'all said it's you're you know popcorn eating movie and mm-hmm. it was it was I I'm going to give it a B plus and and yeah, why I, why not an A. Just, what, what, well, yeah, because because of its plotful, I mean, the writing plots <laughs> sure. and the lack of the lack of development of character. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those things. It's just it just for me personally this summer, it kind of sucks that I even saw Fury Road <laughs> because now all these grandiose CG movies look like video games. Mm. Sure. And sure. so it's kind of that kind of plays into it a little bit, but. It captured my wonder for in the beginning, like the first one did. Um, so I'm gonna give it a B plus. Fair. You like uh, Fury Road? Oh, I loved it. It was unreal. Yeah, it was awesome. I liked it too, Richard. What do you yeah. Think? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I kind of split the difference between all of you. I'm just gonna go solid B here. Fair. Yeah. Cool. Wow. No A's. I thought there would have been one, maybe, with uh, knowing our group here, but. Cool. B minus B. Aaron B really plus. brought the whole podcast down. I know. <laughs> we were depending on him for the A. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. Uh, well, fun, fun time at the theater, like I said. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And this will be one we talk about later this summer, I'm sure, when we talk more about box office numbers. And, uh, and we'll, we'll keep, keep you guys updated on Jurassic World talk in, in days to come, that's for sure. But, uh, Man, what a what a week in Jurassic Land, that's for sure. Uh, let's move on and let's hit uh, recommend. Weekly recommends. Richard. Yeah, I'm reading a book right now that I'm very much enjoying and uh, an author I've enjoyed for a long time and he's uh, a short story writer, so I think a lot of you can can uh, pick him up and, and I didn't know James Patterson had a new book. That's awesome, man. <laughs> it's called uh, Zoo and it's about to be in the issue. Uh, and uh, you can go to the bookstore and read through one story and kind of see if you like it. Uh, but a guy by the name of George Saunders, who's uh, a really fun, kind of interesting short story writer, has a this book came out a few years ago, um, but I just kind of finally got to it. Uh, I read Civil War, Land, and Bad Decline, which is a collection of his stories. 
uh, and Pastoralia or something like that. I can't remember how to say it. Uh, is another one, but he, uh, 10th of December is uh, is excellent and great and wonderful, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. all the stories are are hilarious and sad and all those things you want in, in short stories. So uh, check him out, George Saunders. Eventually, he's going to get adapted, and I don't know if it'll be terrible or great, but uh, but he's definitely uh, going to be adapted, I think, at some point. But I'll just I'll just read him for now. But uh, I think all of you would enjoy it. But uh, Brian, what's your weekly recommend? I'm going to recommend a series that uh, I don't think we talked about before, but it's a Netflix original. I just finished it the uh, Diaries? last week. The Carrie Diaries. It is wonderful. Um, <laughs> no, uh, my wife lo- was really upset when the Carrie Diaries got canceled. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it was it was a tough like day in our house. Um, no, I, I finished Daredevil last week and uh, uh, I really liked it. I don't know. Did, you, did either of you guys watch it? I didn't, but producer Steven loved it. So okay, I think it's probably good. It's, uh, it's probably one of the best TV shows I've ever seen in my life. Basically, yeah, it's really good. And, and yeah. there's look, there's there's some definite scripting issues at times. It, it, it yeah. works. It it toes the line of of very cliche at times. But uh, I think the guy and I I should have pulled what's the what's the lead's name? Uh, it's, it's Daredevil. Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Charlie uh, Cox. Yeah. It's he's the right guy for the role. Uh, he, he plays it very well. It's way grimmer and uh, and much darker than pretty much anything else in the Marvel universe by a by a fair stretch. Uh, it's it's really enjoyable. Um, I did not binge it. I watched it over the I watched like one episode a day over the course of ten or twelve days. Uh, it so it's a strange thing because it was like I, I really enjoyed it, but I wasn't just absolutely dying to get to the next episode uh which is a little little odd for me because i will you know i've watched like 47 episodes of the x-files in the last three days so i'll just (laughs) i will just binge if i can just sit and watch i will do so um but it wasn't quite on that level but that doesn't mean it was bad it just was like i i wanted a little more time for it to to soak in i guess uh and i'm i'm really stoked for what they're gonna do in season two i I, they cast statham as the bad guy in season two which would be really cool. So uh, I and, enjoyed uh, the heck out of it. Yeah, the um, Richard can probably call me a nerd for knowing this, but uh, so Rosario. Yeah, hold on. It, it, yeah, let me watch <laughs> Entourage six more times, and I'll make fun of you. <laughs> but uh, Rosario Dawson. Cool. Rosario Dawson's character in it. Um, she's known in the comics as Night Nurse, where she comes in and like helps, you know, uh-huh. fix these. But the character Night Nurse in the comic books does not share the same actual real name as Rosario Dawson's character. And Rosario Dawson's character's real name is actually like a girlfriend of um, Power Man, Luke Cage. So they're already like they're already setting up that storyline because that's uh-huh, going to be yeah. the third the third Netflix uh, okay. releases that Power Man. It excites me. Uh, Which Daredevil is all about the, the great band Power Man Five Thousand. <laughs> <laughs> it's a series. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm fine. That's up. our next assignment, by the way, for a listener: is go back and listen and and uh, tally all the Power Man Five Thousand references because I've there made, were made some. Yeah, <laughs> it was Riddick, right? That yeah, Riddick about. was just a Power Man Five Thousand video, and that. But there was multiple within like a month, and I don't, I don't know why, because I'm sure there's no way anyone who's under our age, even knows what Power Man Five Thousand was. So yeah, they're more that static that has any longevity at yeah. all. <laughs> we last mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. I do remember. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. It just keeps coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
my recommend, guys, is going to be uh, a film that just made its way to Netflix. I, wa- I rewatched it a couple of months ago, actually. Uh, it's one I revisit quite often, but I told y'all, I said, man, if, if I had redone my top 10 of all time list, this would probably be on it. It's just, you know, top 10 of all time list. Uh, we did an episode for that. It uh, it's it's quite hard to narrow it down to ten, and there's you know surely there's something you're gonna forget. Uh, this one is is kind of up there for me. Uh, High Fidelity on uh, oh, yeah. on Netflix oh, yeah. now. Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, fantastic film. Uh, you know I I have loved music. I love collecting music, talking about music, and uh, and I love movies and acting. And John Cusack is great, and the writing is fantastic, and. You know, Jack Black, of course, is uh, one of the first real times where Jack Black kind of stood out and, uh, you know, could could have became what he is today. Uh, man, really I never fun. saw him before I saw that movie. Yeah, that I mean, I had seen him in, I, I think, uh, well, Saving Silverman before High Fidelity. Yeah, I think I don't know, but so. I didn't know he could sing. When he sings at the end, I was as blown away yeah. as the audience in that movie. Saving Silverman was a year later. What did okay. I first okay. see Jack Black in? He was in the Jackal. That's the first thing that I saw him in, but that's not that's not funny. He wasn't funny. Let me funny. see. This is a uh, Man, I forgot this is great Jack radio. Black's career started way Mars early. Attacks. I saw him in that. Cable Guy. Yeah, I remember him in that. Biodome. Yeah. Tenacious D. There you go. It was in Biodome. Okay. He was in Waterworld. Uh, you're too. forgetting Waterworld. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> We're just gonna bring out all the never-ending story <laughs> too. Jeez, what a what a collection of of films that this guy. Enemy was of the State. Jack Black was in yeah. Enemy of the State. Yeah, he was like the. I remember him. I don't remember that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, Jack this Black has been, uh, is in Jack uh, Black talk. With the, is in High Fidelity, and uh, no, John Cusack uh, deserved an award for that his work in there. Catherine Zeta Jones is in there. She's great. Joan Cusack as well. Tim Robbins. It's a great uh, kind of rom com, cool kind of a guys, uh, a, a rom com guys would like. It's about a guy and he breaks up with his girlfriend and then he starts connecting his music collection to sort of all the women he's dated in the past. And really, really well done. Even if you don't like collecting music or good book to too, it. Nick Hornby. Yeah, it's- good book too. Uh, Richard can attest to that, I'm sure. And uh, so check it out. High Fidelity and uh, very underrated movie uh, from year 2000. So revisit that on Netflix. Brian, recommend. I already gave it. Oh, one. I mean, Aaron, recommend. Um, I actually watched this little indie film that nobody – I've never recognized a single name on it. And I think it was actually distributed by um, the Alamo Draft House, actually. Oh, but, nice. um, yeah, it's – Friend uh, of the podcast. Yeah, our buddies. Right. And uh, it's funny because when I saw that come up on the credits, I was like, huh. But um, it's called Spring. And uh, it's a movie about a guy who is kind of trying to find himself. And so he leaves the United States to go to Italy. He's never really traveled before. Stumbles across a gorgeous woman. Tries to hit on her. She kind of makes fun of him being a stupid American. They start hanging out and uh, slowly start falling in love. But she's hiding a secret, and it's actually a mix between a romance and a monster movie. Oh, and nice. it was actually, yeah, um, Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 88%. And, uh, yeah, it's, it turned out to be really good, really, really well done. 
Cool. Great awesome. great to hear that about uh, Draft House Films. I've heard yeah. a couple of their movies coming out of Sundance and the film festival circuit done very well. So good for them and uh, glad to associate our podcast with those fine people at the Alamo Draft House, which we will be at uh, in a couple of days talking yeah. about Jaws. So excited. Talking about Jaws. Talking about Jaws. Well, Aaron, this has been a great uh, – time to have you on yeah, here dude, you set the bar yeah. high for even though you uh, well, even though you talk you. you talk smack about oasis via email before <laughs> i'm gonna let that slide <laughs> i i oh god you were my, probably hoping my, you were gonna get through this show without me mentioning that no. but i haven't forgotten i haven't forgotten my, my ex-wife that's the texan she just played it all the time <laughs> you know what i think it is so much. <laughs> maybe it is texas they kind of have a southern rock like don't give a crap yeah. vibe to them uh yeah kind of an old uh yeah, like 70s Southern Rock feel. So maybe that's why we like them they, down here. They they lost me when they said they were better than the Beatles when I flipped out. I'm in, the, sa- I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's confidence. That. They lost me when they said they were better than Creed. So. <laughs> yeah. First off, you will never be Creed. <laughs> well, Aaron, it's been great to have you, like I said. Yeah, and, uh, a pleasure. And if Thank you want to come on, uh, maybe when we talk, the Jurassic World sequel, we can work that out. Are we gonna and, make, okay. are we gonna make Entourage bro tanks? Oh, yeah. If yeah. you'll send them out, I'll wear it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's so sick. That's sick. That's <laughs> just so, so it's just a sick idea. Like imagine we were all wearing matching tanks, like and like fedoras. Sick. Yeah. Uh, Eating jalapeno poppers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually since that episode I cannot stop thinking about the fedorist. I just laugh. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay. One of the best Probably one of the lesser known Marvel superheroes or DC superheroes. <laughs> Doris, uh, so, so jacked, what, though, dude. Oh, yeah, he's man. super cut, super cut. Rocks a sick fedora, and that's it. No other superpowers, but uh, they are making four. Vaping, four. Just... Yeah, he vapes, and he can just disappear behind his sick cloud. Yeah. Um, but they're making seven movies based on him. Yeah, because I fear playing him in the in the adaptation. Can I ask How dare one you? thing from you guys? Yeah, because you guys obviously make fun of the DC universe movies. And I agree with you. Um, but, uh, what's his name? James Wan doing, um, Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. And so I like James Wan, but I, I don't know, man. Furious seven. I mean, Furious super, seven? I know, but I feel like that's like Justin Lin teed up furious. I'm not, I don't know necessarily that James Wan, uh, I think he did a great job with Furious seven. I won't discredit him, but I won't be rushing out to see the next James Wan. Do you so think, put it to you that way. Do you think they'll get Adrian Grenier to do a cameo as Aquaman? Yeah, I thought James yeah. Cameron was directing Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, <guys>. yeah. <laughs> but he Cameron wasn't willing. To, yeah, Cameron wasn't willing to make him jacked enough, so they went with Jason Momoa and Jason. Right. Adrian Grenier is just too busy living in the moment. He doesn't. Yeah, he's time. so centered in in the moment right now. You don't even know. Sick. Uh, great recommends, fellas. <laughs> Great as always. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, where can we find you online? Um, I actually don't really have a huge uh, online presence. I do own a, um, we do a lot of social media through the uh, gastro pub that I own in Washington called the Copper Hog. And Facebook is basically where we, I talk through there. I kind of abandon social media, to be honest. Copper Hog, (laughs) it's a pub? Yeah. Up in up in Bellingham, Washington. Bellingham, where is that? Nice. We'll have to visit. That's, yeah, that's yeah. It's uh, about twenty minutes from the from the Canadian border, so we're like forty five minutes from Vancouver, BC, and an hour and a half from Seattle. Okay, 
if but, I'm ever yeah. in Vancouver, I'll come uh, come have a drink. There you go. You, awesome. Hopefully. Perfect. <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's like I said, great to have you. Thanks, uh, yeah. listeners. Give him a go. Go to his pub when you're in. Yeah, yeah. When there you go. Uh, Brian, where can we yeah. find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 uh, You can find my writing occasionally at the madaboutmoviespodcast.com website. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter, MAM underscore podcast, and uh, find us on Facebook. Just search Mad About Movies Podcast on that Facebook and uh, get us likes and reviews and all that fun stuff. We really appreciate it, and it helps us uh, keep the show going. goes a long way with us. Richard. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden or my writing at richardbarden.com which i should update i haven't done that in a while uh kent if i were to find you if i was searching the internet for the best kent garrison information where where would i look you look on twitter at kent garrison or uh on you can you can find all of our episodes on our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com only our most recent 100 episodes show up on itunes so if you want anything older than that you're going to have to go to the website and scroll all the way back. And if you like what you hear, leave us five stars on the iTunes. That helps go a long way as well. And on that note, guys, until next time, I'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.